0: You can worry if you want to You can cry if you are scared You can direct all your energy At being more prepared For a journey that had started So very long ago Or you can focus on the learning And let your spirit grow You can focus on the learning your
1: spirit grow hi this is caroline and you're listening to the tom podcast which is now being called love is the power this podcast is hosted by myself and dory and features Tom Compton, a longtime facilitator of the work of Byron Katie. We do a combination of deep dive conversations as well as include audio from group meditations facilitated by Tom Weekly. And in this week's episode, Dory, Tom, and I explore all things cancel culture. It starts off with me sharing a bit about some of my cringes around the way that Tom speaks so freely, and this leads us into a very helpful and interesting conversation around the way that violence is used to try to raise awareness. Thank you so much for tuning in each week. We hope you enjoy. Right. Because then even when I was looking at the they them moment, I was like, well, what was it specifically that you said that I felt, but it was way more around just your freedom and saying whatever you wanted, mm. not caring or whatever, not not caring, but also
2: not caring. Yeah. Like, I'm not just, being careful.
1: Yeah, not being careful. Mm-hmm. and that, that was way more what I was like feeling yeah. nervousness yeah. around rather yeah. than what you were actually
2: saying yeah because yeah, not being careful you know guaranteed we're going to expose something we don't want exposed
1: <laughs> yeah
2: uh, you know or, or the... we live more transparently when we're not being careful and, you know so which is you know great yeah. exercise is Identifying all the things you would never want someone to say or think about you, feel or say or or think about you, is um, such a good exercise. Since we're so we're all so enslaved to you know people's impression of us, people's approval.
1: That feels like a powerful place to go.
2: It's more powerful to leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fine, I'm going. Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. <laughs> Should we look at some places, some ways we don't want to be sanitary?
2: Um, Hang on. Want to get that quote? I think I've shared it a few times.
1: Awareness of the negative is the greatest positive. Okay,
2: not, not that one.
1: <laughs> what else? Let me try. To guess <laughs> which one is it? Uh, what do you think? See like, what I'm talking about. How we don't want to be seen. Quick,
3: he's coming back. Which one, Nori? <laughs> I know it doesn't, it's not relevant, but that's the only other quote that's stuck in my mind. Um, which one is the doer, God alone is, that one,
2: you know? Makes me, uh, I was just thinking, sorry to interrupt, but not actually. <laughs> one of the politenesses we say, well, oh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, I wanted ah. to interrupt. I knew I was interrupting. Yeah. I didn't care what you guys were talking about.
3: <laughs>
2: I was on my own track, but I was flashing to Monty Python. One of their skits is the f- funny, funny walks or silly walks. And so they're all doing these bizarre walks, but, um, my wife and kids and I, we love Monty, love Mon- Monty Python and, but we used to laugh about like, well, imagine if no one was afraid of what anyone else would think of them, how entertaining everyone would be. We'd probably all have funny walks and, you know, we'd just be like, oh, I just feel like walking like this right now. <laughs>
1: uh,
3: <that's... laughs> well,
2: how much fun we could have.
3: <laughs> oh, that's so true. That reminds me, I heard a quote yesterday that was like, Imagine how great life would be if you could start every interaction three drinks in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would go over big with the AA people. <laughs> <sighs>
3: yeah, but it's also like there's always
2: know. someone you can offend. That's, true. That's even people even with- love to be offended. Go ahead, Dori.
3: No, well, that's, I feel like that, what you just said is like leading us in the direction of talking about like cancel culture, which yeah. is so relevant today and of the moment.
2: Cancel like, culture?
3: Yeah. You heard, that? And-
1: you heard of that term?
2: Nope.
1: Oh, we'll try to give you our best definition. Okay. Basically, so this idea that if you have said something or done something that is considered you know politically incorrect or offensive offensive Uh to any specifically with like any race sex you know kind of the identities specifically that way but it can kind of be it's spreading into all different areas from government to you know movie stars to whatever teachers and is that you can be canceled and so once you've done something that we see as offensive it's kind of like you are people are fired from their job or like it's like you know don't listen yeah, it's,
2: to a, it's the same old threat we've been doing with our, with each other from, for you know hundreds of years if not thousands of years but you know, the small version is, is um, you know, every child gets, gets the old disapproval treatment, you know, which is like, cancel. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like, you do what I want. Oh, I'm heaping praise. I'm heaping, you know, all the appearances of love, appreciation, acknowledgement, you know, do something I don't like and I withhold my love, approval, appreciation, or outright heap disapproval. You know, I mean, Tommy, I'm so disappointed with you. You know, it's like, well, hope you're enjoying that. Because <laughs> you know, that's on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we learn think it means something i've done something wrong i'm bad i'm not good and um, and so we all become well behaved citizens nice little nice little sheeples or we you know go the other way into rebellion or flip flop back and forth mm. and um, you know but of course the flip flop back and forth is not free you know, fuck you is a little higher energy than you know, I'm so sorry I exist. (laughs) I'll try to behave better and maybe you'll feed me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe I can have something to eat. (laughs) Anyway, this is from Thomas Merton. In humility is the greatest freedom. As long as you have to defend the imaginary self, that you think is important, you lose your peace of heart. And as soon as you compare that shadow with the shadows of other people, you lose all joy because you have begun to trade in unrealities and there is no joy in things that do not exist.
3: Can you read it again, Tom?
2: Yeah. In humility, is the greatest freedom. As long as you have to defend the imaginary self that you think is important, you lose your peace of heart. As soon as you compare that imaginary self that you think is important with the imaginary self of other people that you think is important, you lose all joy because you have begun to trade in unrealities. And there is no joy in things that do not exist. But one, one simple way to look at this individually and culturally or as a society is that basically everyone, has been conditioned to not trust their own goodness, and to not trust that there's good in the other. And so from that place, everyone needs correcting. Everyone needs limits. Everyone needs to be forced to be good. You know, uh, supposedly, I I, I don't know if this is accurate, but supposedly when our country was founded, there were like three laws, you know, and now there's like 10,000 laws. Mm -hmm. And I saw some book, it's, you know, the premise of the book is something like with, with all these laws, basically every American citizen breaks three laws every day. So it's turned us all into lawbreakers.
1: Mm.
2: And, um, but to me, one of the fundamental catalysts or roots of this is that just about everyone doesn't trust their own goodness and naturally projects that onto everyone else. And so, so From that perspective, then I need to keep you in check through disapproval or outright canceling. I'm going to fire you. I'm going to make it so you can't, you know, have income. You can't feed yourself. You can't get a job. Um, You know, which are, that's just, um, it's just not that firing is a form of violence, but preventing someone from making an income, that's a form of violence. Um, but because of this, to me, root or fundamental belief that I'm not good and I naturally project that onto others, or you know, if you go to Christian terminology, original sin, um, well, then we need violence to keep us all in check because we can't be trusted. We're not good at our core. So we have to be forced to be good. But you can see the training, you know, if you just go to a nursery where the parents happen to be there. <laughs> you know, it's like little Johnny grabs, you know, little Johnny's wand and he grabs, just grabs a toy he wants right out of little David's, little Davy's hands Davy starts crying and the mom's like scolding little Johnny, you know, we don't do that, we share. Mm -hmm. And so little Johnny never has a chance to mature and discover why he might want to share. Mm -hmm. He just learns, oh, you share so you don't get in trouble so that you can still be in. But to me, that's like our root fear is being kicked out of love. So I do good, if I do it right, I do it correct, I'll be in. Of course, from that place, we don't ever feel in. We always feel the threat of being kicked out. And um, and to me, that's one of the root fears everyone lives with, being kicked out of love. Um, and it's usually sometimes very conscious, but usually it's just a background fear that i could do something wrong and be kicked out. Mm-hmm. You know, but if in my belief system i believe there's something that we can do as humans that can get us kicked out of love, then i i'm going to live in fear because intuitively we know, we all know we're capable of doing these things that we have deemed unlovable or deserving to be punished or kicked out or deprived of goodness. Um, Yeah, uh, it makes me think of St. Francis of Assisi poem um, um, called Humility and Compassion, which I think I've shared with you guys too. Oops, I don't have my good Little speaker thing that you guys sent me plugged in. Bad Tom. How's the yeah? Bad, bad, bad um, Tom. Bad. Bad. We're gonna put you in timeout for <laughs> a few minutes.
1: Few minutes at least.
2: And we'll, we'll wear these faces. And sneer. Yep. You guys aren't doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Not very convincing.
1: At least I'm crying. Dory's just smiling. <laughs> yes I know Dory's not even
2: trying.
3: <laughs> I don't hey. want to get wrinkles <laughs> <laughs> Hello, that's great.
2: <laughs> you better behave. I don't want to get wrinkles. <laughs> if I do get wrinkles, I better be smile wrinkles. <laughs> Let's see. Do you guys remember that poem? Humility, it's like, anyway, here it is. Humility and compassion from St. Francis of Assisi. Can true humility and compassion exist in our words and eyes, unless we know we too are capable of any act? Can true humility and compassion exist in our words and eyes, unless we know we too are capable of any act. But anyway, you know, from that approval, disapproval that we do to each other to train ourselves, you know, to share and be kind and be thoughtful and be considerate. And, um, we don't ever get to discover for ourselves why it's fun, why it's enjoyable, why it's a gift or a blessing. To be friendly or to share or to be kind. We don't get to discover for ourselves why we might embrace that as a healthy, enjoyable way to live. It's we you know, fear of being in trouble, fear of being kicked out, now I'm sharing and I'm Kind, you know, but you can tell when it's coming from that place. It's not genuine sharing. It's not genuine kindness. It's it's um, It's what Thomas Merton was talking about. It was maintaining an image mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's two, there's the image That I think is important that I I feel like I need everyone to see me that way And then there's the images that I think are important that i they're important because i don't want anyone to see me that way mm-hmm. and as he put it in humility is the greatest freedom as in humility i don't care what anyone thinks of me right. to put it, put it in more direct kind of crass terms yeah and I call that, put it, that phrase, I call it crass because it's so, you know, because so many people turn to it, well, I don't care what anyone thinks, but you can tell there's the fuck you in it, mm-hmm. which still cares what everybody thinks, and, and it's angry, and we're angry about it, mm-hmm. angry about how limiting it is, <laughs> or has been in our life. It's like, oh, fuck everyone, I don't care what anyone thinks.
1: Yeah. And I see where that part of knowing that you're good is how, how that's really holding the not being careful and the being, the having humility and what we've talked or tapped into before the place of being open to seeing your blind spots or places where you hurt somebody
2: or whatever. Oh, you're you're insensitive to someone's situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how how because of this fear and the whole approval, disapproval and fear of being kicked out and all that, we don't speak authentically or honestly and we don't, so we can't get that honest feedback. It makes it harder to self-reflect and become aware of where I, you know, where I do have blind spots. And all of that matters because we're good. Mm. But as we begin to realize who and what we are is good, um, it's almost like you could say, I want to see my blind spots. I want to see where I'm unkind or insensitive, you know, where I'm unaware of what I'm doing and how it's affecting People, but, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a amazing dance we do with each other, relating with each other. Um, you know, because uh, I'm realizing, beginning to realize that who I am is good, and so I'm being less careful, so I'm being more transparent, and then people. I'm not hiding in some of the things and somebody might point out a hole and they might point it out by feeling hurt or offended, right? you know, and so, and then, and then it can throw me back into the fear of being rejected, kicked out of love, losing support, being canceled, you know, and then I go back into hiding and not being authentic. But um, but again, as I begin to realize I'm good, I want to hear those things. And then then that brings a whole nother la- layer or level of this dance that is uh, our interactions with each other that's moving us all towards freedom. You know, because then it's like... Um, well, I can go back to fear of their disapproval or fear of them being hurt, feeling hurt by something I do, but basically fear of being kicked out. Or I can take an honest look at what they shared, and, um, and then the next layer is beginning to work on taking responsibility for other people's feelings.
1: Mm. And
2: that's quite a dance, too, because we can go to, I'm not responsible for other people's feelings from a fuck you place. You know, I'm so tired of being limited by your, your, your feelings. You know, but again, it's not a genuine place of freedom and it doesn't, you can tell it doesn't have any inherent sensitivity to it, that position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a whole nother layer of, um, subtle workings workings out of this um, confusion uh, around who and what we are and who and what other people are.
1: So can you say more about that piece? Or I had two thoughts just for someone who is, and for us, because I can definitely relate to certain ways that I don't wanna be seen or fear of of living more honestly and being called out. Um, And then also in that living more honestly, noticing, I can definitely relate to that, taking responsibility for other people's response or experience, so do you have any exercise or thing we could do to ground it in or more to say about
2: well um, uh, any exercises on that part well it's it's um you know it's basically believing uh, actually you should listen to our podcast for the answer to this as we Touched into it <laughs> in today's group. Ah, in today's group, we went into it very, very beautifully, very pretty thorough. Would you Would you agree, Dory? Yeah, yeah. With um, uh, with Elena, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one today, Carol. good. Caroline. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you were making up songs with Karina for a two-year-old's birthday. Well, she might have that song the rest of her life and That's know that cool. she's know that she's loved and appreciated just from your song. Or when she feels kicked out, she might turn to your song. Mm. Oh, at least my aunties love me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's it's like exactly what we talked about what we want the song to be
2: yeah yeah which of course is what everyone wants for their children underneath it all and just have adopted some really horrible strategies for achieving that yeah teaching basically teaching each other that we need fear to be quote unquote civilized we need the threat of violence to be civilized
3: yeah
1: Yeah. and okay so with that one of the things i was thinking about was the narrative right now kind of on the social level in America, I feel like is, you know, um, people have been free doing whatever they want and certain groups have then been taken advantage of or not, you know, treated equally. And so this whole like being correct and being mindful is kind of a check on um, that, people just doing whatever they want and not looking at other like looking at who's not benefiting or whose voice isn't being heard or um
2: or inviting, and- inviting people to be more aware.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, through threat of violence, through threat of being canceled. Yep. It's the the old same old strategy that has that maintains the need for violence. It perpetuates and maintains the need for violence. And so you have, you know, it's like, why is there so much violence on the planet? Well, just look at yourself. Just about everyone believes violence works and peace does not. Yeah. If I'm peaceful, it's the same as being a doormat or... Right yeah
1: so it is yeah because right there's a there's a distrust in peace and a distrust in the goodness that we are yep. that that would somehow know what to do or how to uniquely sensitively meet each moment
3: yeah.
2: and, and, um, when we are solidly understanding experiencing our own goodness we're naturally open to feedback. Violence isn't needed to drive the message home, you know, and, and also we'll project that goodness onto others. Once I realize I'm good, we'll begin to see that in others, which is tremendous support in, in um, freeing each other um, to, to, to experience and be the goodness that we are without the threat of violence. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, And, you know, obviously violence has a place because it's here. And, but the the need for it might not be true. Mm. Might not be based in facts or reality. But, um, you know what I love about like this this work or the work of Byron Katie or awareness work? Or, um, what I love is that we don't need to wait for the rest of humanity to get it. Yeah. Or as Byron Katie puts it, it only takes one to have peace on earth, you're it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, and now that statement Could offend people. Yeah. No. What do you mean? I because most people, whether you look at a relationship or society and uh, different, different, um, you know, especially like our society that's getting the polarization is becoming very evident. Um. I lost my train of thought
3: peace on Earth. Uh, th- that concept could be offensive to
2: people. Oh yeah, it's like, um, uh, uh, like in a relationship. It's like I'm so you know, both parties usually they're like I'm I'm so ready to be loving. <laughs> 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 you know, if you would just get it together, you know, and not noticing that. They're not ready to be loving. If they're not loving, if I'm not loving, I'm not ready to be loving. I'm, that's a lie I tell myself. I'm withholding love, which is um, a very subtle. To me, it's a form of violence. You know, very subtle compared to what we would normally call violence. But to me, withholding love is still a form of violence. And it's to force the other one to be the way I want them to be. And usually it, usually it contains within it some kind of condemnation, um, you know, which is basically a, some kind of a statement that, you know, who you are is not good. You know, condemnation of the being itself. Mm -hmm. which means the being then that's not good has to be molded (laughs) into being good. And, you know, since you and I are partners, it's going to be my job to mold you into being good (laughs) Mm -hmm. through little tiny acts of violence. And if I don't do the little tiny acts of violence, I feel like I'm a doormat. Mm. So so most of us picture peace, being totally at peace, or unconditionally loving, we picture it as a doormat. But that's looking at peace and unconditional love from the outside, from the position that believes it needs force or violence or fear to be safe or to have a place or to get what they want.
1: When you say the outside, is that like seeing it as a concept versus experiencing it as Yeah,
2: from the outside as in not I'm not actually in the experience of peace. I'm not actually in the experience of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at what I imagine it is and what it would look like. And from the place that needs violence or is fearful, it looks like (laughs) doormat. taken advantage of. And yeah. so, you know, for all I know, it's a necessary step that we go from fear and submissiveness to anger, which all that high energy of anger and opposing. and uh, So, you know, what we're seeing in this country anyway, it could be it's a the anger that's surfacing and animosity between groups. Um, it could be a positive step. Um, um, uh, out of certainly you can certainly you can see well this stuff is coming out into the light of day that maybe has been buried or hidden for for quite a while mm-hmm. and so in that sense it could be a good thing and the expression of anger is, is you could say it's a higher energy than submission or suppression and and of course, a place hopefully we don't get stuck in as a culture or society, because the expression of anger is destructive. Well, anger itself has a destructive quality to it, but um, but it could be it's a higher energy than suppression.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then you know, hopefully we we don't get stuck there, but every individual that's working on freeing themselves of limiting concepts and beliefs and images is, um, uh, as far as I can tell, supports the whole in making that move. Mm -hmm. Um, So, which is another quote that I like from a man named Sunyata, but, you know, according to him, self-realization is the highest service we can render. Mm. you know and um, and activists usually don't like that social justice warriors don't usually like that you know cuz it's you know the the classic making fun of that is uh, oh so we're just going to sit on the mountaintop and contemplate your belly button and expect the world to become a better place so, but but if you really look at it it's um where the actions are coming from within us. Um, like if, if it's coming from anger and separation and fear any the action we take, even if it's in the name of social justice and even if it's factual and actual and, um, but if it's coming from fear and anger and separation, which they all go together, um, it, it's, it has to give birth to itself, you know? That's, 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 you can see that fundamental way of the universe, you know, uh, um, you know cats give birth to cats. They, they don't give birth to Buddhas,
3: <laughs>
2: or, you know? And so anger and fear, actions that spring from anger and fear underneath, or they're going to just move us into other systems with anger and fear and um, uh, uh, as a fundamental part of a new system that's created. It's like um, Mahatma Gandhi in, you know, so many people kept, like, when are we going to use violence? When are we going to use violence? When are we going to turn to violence? You know, this isn't working. This." Nonviolent movement and he said "He he's like I can't do that because if we turn to violence we've just replaced one violent regime with another violent regime that's all we'll have done mm. you know just the new violent regime will have dark-skinned Indians instead of light-skinned um British so um and so, anyway, what I love is you don't have to wait for humanity to get it. That's my point. <laughs> it literally only takes one to have peace on earth. It only takes one to have unconditional love on earth. And each one of us is it, if we have the courage to test it out. But again, the mind will throw up those fears of being a doormat, being walked all over, if I step into unconditional peace, unconditional love. Um, That's also why Gandhi's movement was, you know, very beautiful movement. From what I understand, it's the, India is the only country that has won their freedom through nonviolent means, but, but to have such an example that um nonviolence can work even in a world of violence. Right. And you know, the other thing is everyone's doing the best they can. Whether and you know, we can argue about that. Oh no they're not, they could do better. And we do that with ourselves. I mean, we do that to ourselves all the time. Oh, you know better. What are you doing? You know better than to react to that. You know better than to be afraid of... All they did was give you the look. and You're cowering in the corner. You know better than that. But um, that's why I love the work, too. Like, you, we can argue. Um, no, everyone is not doing the best they can. But... Um, That's why I love question three and question four in the word. So how do you react? So, you know, it's like, is it true? Yes. Can you absolutely know that it's true? Yes. Whether it's like I'm believing people could do better or I could do better. Doesn't matter. So say I say, is it true? Yes. Can I absolutely know this true? Yes. And then question number three is just looking at the belief so I can become aware what How do I react? What happens when I believe I could do better than I'm doing? How do I treat myself? Or if it's towards another, towards my partner or spouse or child or friend, they could do better. You know, and then just to feel that thought.
3: Mm.
2: They're not doing their best. Yeah. But, you know, just to... Whenever you have that thought, I'm not doing my best, they're not doing my best, doing their best. Just noticing how the belief affects you. Mm.
1: The angry victim just surges up inside of me. Now it's totally justified for me to. Mm -hmm. violent or treat this person however i think we'll teach them or get the message across
2: yeah the angry victim and you know that's a katie quote that is misunderstood you know victims are violent people yeah and to me she's not saying someone who's a victim of you know racial prejudice or um or uh uh you know, sexual abuse or starvation or, you know, she's not saying those victims are violent people. She's talking about an internal, um, when there's this, uh, you know, for me, I just, when I heard that quote, I just started looking. It was like, oh yeah, the only time I'm violent, as the only time I'm lashing out, at someone, and I can feel that if we're honest, we can always tell when we're lashing out at someone, um, even if we hide it really, really well. Um, I noticed there was always a sense, a sensation of being a victim first, and then the lashing out. And then I was like, Oh, that's as far as I can tell, that's what she means victims are violent people, but and then. You know, with the work, we can begin to. Just, we can begin to question where we think the sensation of being a victim is coming from. Is it really coming from what they did or what they said? Or is it coming from, what I'm believing? So, mm-hmm. I mean, this this work really is. It's a radical. it holds the potential to radically change human life on this planet. It is definitely inviting a big leap out of fear. And so, makes sense that it wouldn't be super popular. (laughs) <laughs> but it's growing. But I think it's I think it's growing. I don't know. <laughs> but again, I love that I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait for anyone to get it. And you know, as you do this work, you begin to realize that the life itself is alive and aware. Mm. And there's just way more going on than than our limited understanding of cause and effect in this in this universe and this, specifically in this human experience on planet earth in 2020 the year of the covid mm-hmm. yeah
1: I know we've gone into it in a on a meditation call but uh-huh. we talk about you know there's only one it only takes one to have peace on earth and the idea that. You know where people could have questions around what you mean when you say that. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: it's like that's a bunch of nonsense. Right? If it only took one, wouldn't we have peace on earth? It's like, well, test it out. You know, Mm -hmm. like you people can argue about it, but I can't prove it to them. Right. You know that, that statement can only be proven by each individual. You know, test it out and just and see what happens when internal your internal experience is one of unconditional peace, and see what happens to the world. You know, but m- most of us um, back away from that. You know, even even um, you know, very sincere people like all of us at some point back away from that. You know, and, but something keeps us going, and usually it's pain, <laughs> fear, suffering, You know, just tired of living with fear and pain and violence within ourselves and it's like can i just end the violence in me can i end the suffering in me and it's like oh how selfish of you but that's where we had the power to do it right you know if we if we if we had the power to end suffering and um, all that in the world out you know it uh, w- would have been ended by now if we as individuals had that power. So, As far as I can tell, where, the, where we do have the power is to end our own suffering, where we do have the power is to discover unconditional peace, unconditional love within ourselves, And the work is such a beautiful, simple way to begin that process. You know, and it, and it, you know it just starts with where we're disturbed, where we're not experiencing unconditional love, where we're not experiencing unconditional peace, which is, you know, as you're doing the work and you begin, because that's the starting point. But what I discovered over time, you know, it's almost by inference or implication that my nature must be unconditional peace and unconditional love because every time I step out of it, I feel disturbed. There's okay. a disturbance, which is the starting point right. for the work. <laughs> you know, so, oh, wow, there's a tension. So let me welcome the tension, see what I'm believing. But um, but over time, it was like, oh, wow, maybe, you know, because I had a strong belief, something wrong with me, I'm not good, I'm bad. Which I think most people have that, whether they are aware of it or not. <laughs>
1: I liked how last time you're like, oh, your favorite, Caroline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You um, did something wrong and you're in trouble or something.
1: You're outing me yeah, from everyone it, it, what my favorite negative beliefs are.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, but you're, you're not alone.
1: Yeah. Um, that's, so, that's so powerful to just, yeah, I mean, when you, I know that's connected to, like, how do I know that love? Is our unconditional love and peace is, is my home because every time I leave it hurts.
2: Yeah, I don't feel at home, yeah. but when I'm peaceful, when I'm loving, I feel at home. Yeah, so now is the world causing me to leave my home, you know, or is it my beliefs that are causing me to leave my home? You know, do I have to leave my home of love and peace because of the world? Am I, am I a victim? If I believe I am a victim, I'm 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 locked and loaded. I'm ready for war. You know, it, it's fun if you notice being in an argument. Like, you know, it's so funny how we can have arguments with a, with someone in they're not in the same room with us, you know, (laughs) you know, which we all experience. So, Um, you know, but, but if you, you know, run into actual person to person and you can feel the argument inside. And of course, some of us have gotten really good at hiding when we're an argument is happening inside of us, Mm -hmm. but we all, we know when we're in an argument, whether we're, gotten really good at hiding it or not. And, um, but it can be fun to play around with, um, like, was I looking for an argument? You know, but I, I, I know for me, I found like, if I find myself in an argument, I was looking for an argument. There was some belief going on inside of me where I'm, I'm like walking around just, you know just looking for an argument mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. that's bringing to me bringing me to in my experience when i'm actually like listening and actually i'm really taking in what the other person is saying and it's yeah just
2: internally like, you're not in argument yeah Yep. And I
1: can really feel that distinction. And then when I'm in a place where I'm just like interrupting or like, ret, you know, and it's, yep. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Listening can still be happening in the second, you know, but you know, it's, you're just gathering ammo. Right. The listening is just like, I can't wait to use that back against so. them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> hmm Yeah. We're so cute as it humans. It's amazing we're still alive.
3: <laughs>
2: yes. We have s- still survived. We have survived so far. <laughs> hmm
3: So I have two specific examples that I think Personal, personal examples yeah. that I think relate to what you what you've been talking about, Tom. And um,
2: please share.
3: Yeah, the first one I want to share is uh, one where I recognize I recognize my own violence and mm.
2: my,
3: my own victimhood that led to violence.
2: Yeah.
3: And the irony.
2: And, and then were you violent on top of yourself then for being violent?
3: I think in a subconscious, subtle way, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also saw myself hanging out in the like holier than thou, like I'm so good, face <laughs> as well. Because
2: um, you, because you saw the victim and the violence.
3: No, so this oh. is the kind of like irony of the situation. It was a conversation that I had with my dad, and it was a conversation in which he brought up what i perceive to be violence mm-hmm. and i condemn the violence and was feeling that like oh i'm so like i i don't know like i don't know what the right word is, is it prescient like i can see that you're wrong in bringing up the violence and in um making the violence like okay or acceptable Let me just share the example. I think that'll be. Yeah, I
2: I think so. You've piqued my interest.
3: (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I was having a conversation with my dad where he, um, he's a very, uh, deeply religious person. I would say he, um, is also a very cerebral person. Um, He, like, for example, he has a PhD in theology and committed his entire adult life to a church, um, a movement, um, and continues to do so. And he was talking, so we were having this long, you know, lengthy conversation on religion and spirituality. And he eventually got to the point where he said, um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I believe that there's evil out in the world and my job is to be a spiritual warrior and to combat that violence and he even said like my last name is guerra which comes you know from my dad and in italian it means war as it does in you know spanish and french and many other languages and he's like even my name you know shows my commitment you know i'm the spiritual warrior and It just felt so intuitively off and wrong for me and well I, do you want to i felt like you're going to say something tom
2: well no uh, other than you're you you you're not going to inherit that lineage sounds like you're not on board for inheriting that lineage i don't want to yeah well, that's all it takes well actually what what it really takes is just not being interested
3: mm.
2: you know because I don't want to can still have a push against
3: mm.
2: you know, which is different than not interested, mm. but anyway, so uh, intuitively it was off for you, yeah, that's the important part, yeah, off for me, perfect for your dad. <laughs> mm-hmm yeah that's his path. he's clear on it. He's a spiritual warrior, and there's evil out there mm. and um, and so now, where was the violence? where was the
3: i think in my reaction like yeah. I, yeah subconsciously i uh like was relating to my victimhood like not that it was consciously thought out, but when I reflect back on that conversation I see like how I think on some level I was seeing myself as the victim
2: yeah so see if you can find the moment where you saw yourself as the victim so he's sharing you guys are having that discussion Just see if you can sense into when when the victim inside showed up in that conversation the sense of
3: I think it was like immediately after he said what he said about, you know, the evil being out there and his being a spiritual warrior and-
2: Okay. Okay, so now welcome the sense of a victim that showed up. Now, as best you can, it's like to open up to it, to let it in, to welcome that sense of being a victim Let me know when you're able to let it in or welcome it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm there.
2: Okay, and then, so now, what was it believing? Once it's welcome, it's like to invite it to share. What, what was it believing that gave it a sense of being a victim in this discussion?
3: It was believing that as his daughter, I am the recipient of that um, concept and mindset and action. Like, okay. like I so,
2: am. But where's the sense of victim coming from?
3: Like I'm a victim to that which I don't like. Like I don't like that way of like living in the world.
2: Okay, so your dad likes it, you don't. So where's the victim?
3: Like I feel like I'm subject subject to it. Purely because I am his daughter.
2: Okay, so is that true? He likes it, you don't. Is it true that you're subject to it? He likes it, you don't.
1: But are you saying it like he acts out that way to you? Or just that you're...
2: Just that he holds that mindset.
3: Yeah, and that... Like... I've been in the space. In yeah, space.
2: he's holding that mindset. Yeah. And he loves it. Yeah. And you don't.
3: True, yes. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I, I'm thinking you missed that part. <laughs> 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 yeah, that you're bypassing the truth and going to, I'm subject to his nutty belief. mm or his violent belief, but yeah. I'm hearing, you're very clear, not interested. He yeah. loves it and <laughs> not for me.
3: Yeah, and you're helping me see that I'm not interested, but at the, at the time I was very much, I don't like it. Like it was that push, pushing back. Well,
2: yeah, because in your mind, you were subject.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You kept picture like this is what I imagine, you kept picturing you as a little baby being subject to that belief system. Mm -hmm. This little helpless who can't decide for themselves, you know, that you kept holding that image of you, Yeah. which in the moment was not true. Maybe it was true at one time, but in the moment, it was not true at all. You were there going, hmm, what a nutty belief system, I'm not interested at all. I'm a warrior there's evil out there and I'm a warrior for good. Yeah. So in that moment the truth was you were not subject at all. That was a story of the past.
3: Yeah. yeah. And that
2: you know it may or may not have been accurate to the past. But what you what you can know for sure is in that moment you saw clearly his path, how much he loves it and how little interest you have in his path.
3: Mm.
2: In taking on his path. Yeah. Yeah. And when, and, then, and then and then you went off into the story, oh, I've been subject to this belief system since I was a baby.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and you then know,
2: as if it had any bearing at all. You know, it's <laughs> like you're already you're free already in that moment. Totally free. So it's like there's no victim you can't hold on to I was subjected you know but to <laughs> to keep the story going I was subjected you have to feel subjected now yeah. you know which is which is what happened but but look at how you know you were just not in reality not in the moment in that image of dory being subjected to this lunatic belief about evil and warrior for good. <laughs> which you know, which is fun. It's a fun story. <laughs> why, why not, you know, and you know, let your dad be the hero.
3: So when you're instead
2: of an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I am not letting that idiot be a hero. <laughs> You know he's smart. I love him, but damn, he's a bit of an idiot.
1: I you know. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Doctor G. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: not, I'm not. gonna let him get away with being the freaking hero of the story.
3: Like <laughs> literally, yeah, the yeah. It's funny <sighs> too because when you were you when you were saying like, oh, you're going back into a story, whether that story is real or not, or accurate or not accurate to the past or not and it, it like you flash me into this memory that I had uh, of my childhood when we would go visit my Italian side of the family and it would be like the whole you know so many aunts and uncles and cousins and I saw so that like that guerra quality like people yelling at each other <laughs> it was so uh, fin- uh-huh get the, the, like the war and i think in that moment i think i was really young maybe five years old or so and i thought like oh i see where my dad gets it from he gets it from his family and that's why i have this fear like i'm gonna get it from my family too my dad yeah mm.
2: and you probably missed i mean look at how rich that family life is yeah you know how alive all oh, that arguing, oh, that, oh, you know, and then sit down and have a big meal. Let's yeah, nice to eat.
3: Totally that.
2: <laughs> you know what kind of pasta we having today?
3: <laughs> <Great> homemade <laughs> gravy and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> What's
1: your other example?
3: The other example is around. Um, I had a question pop up when Tom was talking about how we have conditioned ourselves to believe violence as opposed to peace is the answer. And how I, and then when you talked about specifically in relationships, how that that can play out.
2: Yeah.
3: And that felt really resonant for me because yesterday, Um, that's I, right.
2: You have a boyfriend, right?
3: <laughs> and we went to. <laughs> it's like God, I was just thinking about that word "boyfriend," and it just seems more like that's so not the right word. It's more like partner, arch,
2: arch nemesis.
3: Something <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like like kind of like combatant or something like.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> way, way to hold up the Guerrero name
3: <laughs> great job of living up to my family name
2: oh yeah i will win at all costs dude win and yeah. then, and, win then and then we'll have a nice meal i love the italian way
3: <laughs> well okay so in this example um my boyfriend and I went to a farmer's market yesterday and we grabbed a few things and we were just carrying them in our hands. And he kept saying to me, like, give me the celery, give me the celery. And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, I'll just carry it. Cause he had other things in his hand. And he like kept, kept going back and forth, give it to me, give it to me. And I was like, no, no, no. And he said, give it to me. And it back and forth like that. And finally I was like, I was like, hey, just take it. And I gave it to him and then he dropped the fruit that he was holding. Like, <laughs> <be so> mad.
2: <laughs> oh, look at that! You got to be right.
3: Yes, I was <laughs> right. Like.
2: Oh, and feel it. Like, let it in now. You might not have fully enjoyed how right you were <laughs> yesterday.
3: Take that right. in, girl. Yeah, take
2: <laughs> it in, man. You were right.
3: Oh, it was so freaking right. And, ah. Um, ah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you um so i was yeah i was mad because i knew that i was right and that that would happen and i didn't want the fruit to get bruised um they were
2: dreams,
3: yeah. and so
2: yeah so why did you hand it over
3: because i didn't want him to get mad
2: Okay, so now realize that was more important to you than the fruit. Mm. Like we miss our own goodness. Mm. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't want him to drop the fruit, but I don't want him being mad either. I'll sacrifice the fruit. You know, turn over the celery.
3: But then I,
2: the
3: next moment, what was more important to me was being right.
2: Yep, and that that took over.
3: And letting it know, letting it
2: so look at all that abundance. You got to be generous. His feelings were more important than the fruit. Generous. Then you got to be right and righteous. And what an amazing outing! <laughs> so rich, so full,
3: so bountiful,
2: so bountiful, really <laughs> and bountiful.
3: You got fruit and, and and
2: and yeah, exactly. And you got food too, fresh from the farmer's market.
3: Uh, but okay, so well, done. Where that was leading me to, yeah, saying that you know. Because I, I see it as um, my choosing in that moment, violence as opposed to peace. Like I could have been at peace with the fact that the nectarines were bruised and that I didn't get my way. I eventually you know yielded the celery to him, blah, blah, blah. And then I was thinking if I had chosen peace and not said anything, then how, because you were saying- expect- Well,
2: um, you can't choose peace without, um, without, it has to be conscious. So we bring everything into conscious awareness and when we're fully conscious, we'll always choose peace because it's our nature.
3: Mm.
2: Only from an unconscious, unaware place will we choose anything less than peace to be at peace. So. And then usually even those bad choices, you can, you know, say bad choices at the root of them, we're wanting peace. And, um, you know, this being right, that's one of them, I need to be right, not wrong, or freedom, Uh, sometimes it's around freedom, but, um, so, you you held on to being right, making him wrong.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. So, who's experiencing the violence? in that moment?
3: I feel like the answer isn't supposed to be me, but I see how it's both of us.
2: So who's experiencing violence that you know for sure is experiencing (coughs) violence?
3: Okay, then that that would be me.
2: That would be you. (coughs) Yeah, so now, a boyfriend who's 100% clear would not experience violence. He would just experience you holding on to being right. And if a boyfriend who is clear that it's his nature is good, he would not be condemning himself for wanting the celery, insisting on the celery, finally getting the celery, and dropping the fruit. <laughs> And so there would be no violence in a clear boyfriend. It would be like, oh, darn, she was right. Oh, look, and now she's really enjoying being right. (laughs) (laughs) As she should. She was right. (laughs) It's like, oh, honey, you're right. I should have left celery in your hands. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think where I'm getting stuck is, um, yeah, it would be great if maybe you both could help me see, um, because I'm thinking maybe you just kind of explained it, but there's a part of me that feels like if I didn't get mad or didn't explain how I was right, then he wouldn't know that it's okay. Like. Because I'm thinking that he's believing that he needs to hold everything. Like that's the manly thing to do. That's like the courteous thing to do.
2: That's yeah, what- well, let him let him have it. Okay. Let, let him have the manly thing.
1: Right. What was the resist? Yeah. What was the resistance to letting him? I was seeing you going, honey. I'm literally just thinking about how I don't want the fruit to fall. Can I hold the fruit and you can hold all the other stuff. I'll just hold the two nectarines that need to be to, or like.
3: Five nectarines.
1: Going for what you, I don't know, just going for what.
2: Oh, nectarines. It was nectarines he dropped?
1: Five of them.
2: Oh man, they <laughs> dent so easy too.
1: <laughs> that guy, I mean. Dang. Dang. <clears throat>
3: It sounds so crazy and stupid, but, but, you know, it being a metaphor basically. Well,
2: it's, it's not even a metaphor. It's your life. It's very, it's vital. Whether it's a little thing or a big thing doesn't matter. I know for me, it really helped when I let go of little or big issues, little, you know, and realize there, there are no little issues or big issues. They're just issues there's confusion and whether it's little or big that just gets in the way of getting the gold out of every disturbance no matter how no matter how small or um meaningless like just bringing food home you know if we're bringing food home we could drop it all smash it on the road and go back and get more you know we can see it's like are you kidding me this is not this is not like vital to our survival yeah and
3: that's definitely i think where he was coming from um whereas i was like and i i can i i'm kind of right now feeling how both are true like yeah it's true that it's not vital to our survival we could get more of be. but also This is to me. It felt like it was a. It was a. It was a metaphor for. You don't need to do everything. Like we can share the responsibility of carrying this. And when you do try to do everything, some like with with.
2: Oh, you want it to go wrong when he tries to do everything.
3: Yeah. So then I can prove that I'm. Yeah. right.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. Why do you want? The, why do you want?
3: Uh, <laughs> well, I want to learn how to use peace in that moment because I know that I chose violence by saying, See, "Like, look what you." Well, you're...
2: yeah, yeah, because you want you want him to be wrong, that him That's... doing everything. You know what what might be a classic male image that. You know, we think we have to be in order to be a good partner or something, maybe. And, and you want him to be wrong about that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just picturing Dory with a little tiny purse.
3: Not doing any, you
2: know. Not doing anything. Like you just, you this know.
3: Really the little person. Yeah, with like little
2: sparkles on it, and
3: you know,
2: and and yeah. and and Tony doing everything, like a good man.
3: that's so funny. My dad's name is Tony, actually. Oh.
2: <laughs> Tony. Tony. Do everything, Tony.
3: Yikes. <laughs>
2: Fuck you. <laughs> Um, okay (laughs) so anyway you want him to know that that's wrong for him to think that way
3: think that I guess more like do to act on that like to try to do the. Yeah.
2: yeah so now as long as you think it's wrong and you want him to know it's wrong you're actually going to actively want things to go wrong every time he's behaving that way Mm -hmm. you're gonna want the fruit to fall (laughs) (laughs)
1: life loved you that much
2: you know so now do a little (laughs) dance when it happens you know like oh yeah victory on your knees i'm right again See, you can't do everything yourself, that doesn't work. (laughs) That's wrong. (laughs) Oh, so wrong. I mean- Look at the fruit, we got proof. Look at the gravel marks in that nectarine. (laughs) (laughs) Who's gonna eat that?
3: You are accurately portraying how I felt on the inside.
2: Yeah, but I, I somehow I doubt you gave yourself permission to be dancing.
3: Yeah, no, I did it. I did it.
2: <laughs> yeah, now that might be, there might have been violent. Mm-hmm. Not giving yourself permission to dance with that victory.
3: So if I did my victory dance, would that have been peaceful?
2: It would, to do a victory dance in the way I was describing it would be peaceful because you would be laughing and enjoying how silly we can get yeah. with our fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, with our, with our relationships. You know, yeah. uh, taking it seriously mm-hmm. was probably violent, self violent
3: mm. And you thank, you, thank you, because you actually just helped me identify what I was believing, which is that peace equals silence.
2: Equal silence. Yeah. Yeah. Like I
3: shouldn't have said anything, whether it's a victory dance or whatever, like you should have been silent.
2: Yeah, yeah. So now that's what I was referring to from the outside, you know, not the actual experience. So we hear about peace, unconditional peace. We hear about love, unconditional love, and very few of us have have fully experienced either one. And so we just have ideas of what it would look like. And then I and then I believe I should be that way, or that's the better way, and then we'll try to imitate what I think it would look like, and that always ends up being a form of self-violence, you know, because I'm suppressing where I actually am. You know, I'm locking me up where I'm actually, where I actually am. You know, which you could call self. You could say refer to that as self-violence yeah yeah you got
3: now?
2: yeah mm-hmm. Thank you. yeah and then taking it all seriously it's just always a road to violence
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean you can see that like oh my god everyone just taking everything so seriously mm-hmm. yeah but we should shouldn't we? i mean people are dying yeah. Yep, just like every day so far of human history. <laughs> and as as, for as long as there's been humans, people have been dying.
3: Is there a difference between taking something seriously and something being serious? I don't know. I guess
2: what's what's, what's serious? Nuclear war?
3: Yeah, I was even thinking on a smaller scale, like if someone. <laughs> like cuts open their leg or something. It's like, oh, that's serious. We need to attend to it. Well,
2: Only if you believe death is serious. Mm.
3: Mm.
2: So death is serious. Is that true? Mm.
3: We can make it serious.
2: We sure can. We can also make screwing the toothpaste lit cap back on the toothpaste
3: series.
2: (laughs) 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 You know, it's like I'm going to freaking kill my partner if they leave the toothpaste cap off one more night. (laughs) You know, oh my god, there they are. They're smacking their lips again. I'm going to freaking kill them.
3: (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: oh, if that guy twirls his hair one more time, off with his head. <laughs> so yes, we have a, an extraordinary ability to make things serious. Yeah.
3: And I'm seeing how the, I'm seeing how they're both Nazi, like yeah. you put the toothpaste back on that's not serious i'm gonna kill him for doing that that's not serious either if death isn't serious then wanting to you know the off with his head sentiment shouldn't be serious either
2: yeah yeah so none of it's serious could be
3: and that was
1: my homework from our
3: last
2: oh it was Uh serious
1: it's not serious could it Um, be could it be or was it it's not a (laughs)
2: <laughs> to ask yourself in the morning, yeah, could it be it's not serious?
1: Yeah, nothing serious.
2: Nothing serious. Yeah. And then live the day as live if that's day. as if that's the truth. And yeah. Did you experiment with it? Did you I try? Did. It? I
1: did. Oh,
2: how 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 did your day go?
1: I mean, I you know, it wasn't sustained throughout the day, but it was really powerful. So did you, yeah, so did you try
2: to force yourself to not take something seriously?
1: Um is yes, that, that happened. But also it was more like when I wasn't particularly in when I was talking about any type of argument or I was going into it it worked more like a, a softening and I eventually kind of got uh, to place yeah, yeah. where I was like, Whoa. I uh, whoa Yeah, so
2: even taking it seriously isn't serious, which is what yep. you're pointing at, Dory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well,
1: mm-hmm. thanks for sharing your world
2: with us. <laughs> and you, thank you for sharing your world. You know, lightning, story. lightning, our world.
0: Life is lived in lessons, each lesson's got its theme. They keep circling back for you until you start to see where you forgot you were connected with everything it's okay we all do it too it just takes remembering it's okay we all do it too it just takes remembering that love is what we're all here for it's the only score we're keeping so Settle yours Love is what we're all here for It's the only scar we're keeping So settle yours You can do all of the things You can play all of the parts You can make a mess of everything Or score off all the charts But when you reach the end And you think that you have died You will do it all again You will do it all again You will do it all again again. love is satisfied
3: The views and opinions expressed on the Tom Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Byron Katie nor the intent of her self-inquiry method known as The Work. For more information on Byron Katie, please visit thework.com. If you wish to learn more about Tom, a certified facilitator of the work and the podcast's eponym, please visit theworkwithtom.com.